Good morning, everybody. Welcome to New Church Live. Today we are in a prayer for gratitude. And what I hope to convey to you today is that gratitude is not a little sidebar to life. This is something we can think about maybe once a year when some specific holiday rolls around. But that gratitude is an incredibly powerful thing that can be central to human happiness. And that gratitude is an integral part of God's plan to give each of us happiness. So hopefully we come away today seeing gratitude in a new light and thankfulness in a new light of something that's not just, okay, we've got to do that, but yes, I'm, I'm thankful that thankfulness exists. So there's something that people say before they eat, and in my house we called it the blessing. Maybe you've heard this before. It goes, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy is forever. Amen. Why couldn't we just stop when you say, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord? Because You've got your marching orders there. You know that you have to say thanks to God. I mean, God is a very high-ranking individual. We've got to do it. Why continue on with this kind of pat it at the end, talking about the goodness and the mercy and all that? It's because there is a huge difference. There's almost an infinite difference between feeling like, well, I have to say thank you, and gratitude, or actually wanting, and wanting from deep inside yourself to say thank you because I really feel like something wonderful has been done for me, and, and all I can say back is thank you. That's the gratitude we actually want to get to here. And that gratitude is amazingly versatile and powerful. Just, just, just this morning, I had woken up pretty early because of uh, we have a new puppy that had to go out. More about that a little bit later. But I remember waking up and having sort of these anxieties drifting in. Just different things in my life that I've been worried about or am worrying about. And I knew that I was going to come here today and talk about gratitude. And so I said, well, let me try this out here this morning. And I, every situation that came up, I would be saying, thank you, God, for taking care of that. Thank you for, I, I know someday I'm going to understand how you're leading me through that. And it absolutely opens you up for reality to come rushing in. Because I firmly believe that if we saw everything as it really is, not just what you can see with your eyes when you walk around, not just what you understand, but, but the entire reality, the, the presence of God the goodness in life, the goodness in the world, you would feel this genuine gratitude. And it's something that we can tap into in any situation. So to get to that kind of gratitude about life, there are two things we need to sort out, and they are encapsulated in the second half of the blessing. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and for his mercy is forever. So if we're going to get to where we actually feel gratitude about life, not just that we know we're supposed to feel grateful about life, but that we actually feel, thank you for life, this is so great, we have to believe that God is good. So that's on our to-do list for today. How can we get it so that we really believe that God is good? And second, believe that God's mercy is forever. But I don't really know what you're talking about when you say God's mercy. When I was a kid, there was this game you could play that was called Mercy. Has anyone ever heard of that game? It was <laughs> where you pinch like your opponent's finger like this, and they do that to yours, and whoever said Mercy first lost. That's the kind of thing that I don't know why it appeals to kids, but it did. Is that what God's mercy is? Just, okay, I'm going to stop with the bad things. God's mercy, mercy in a holy sense, is love when it is reaching out to somebody who's in distress. So the divine love is always there, and it is always pushing towards each of us with the intent to make us happy. And when it's reaching out to us when we need help, we call it mercy. 
So to say God is good and his mercy is forever is to say that what, who God is and what God is doing overall is good and God is always caring for me. The mercy is always there. So if we can get to believe those two things, we can get to this place of gratitude. But before we do, we should really get a sense of our destination. Those are the steps on the journey to the destination. But the destination is gratitude. And I'm talking about like white-hot gratitude, like real, I, I, even if nobody told me to, I want to say thanks for what's going on. And I really didn't have that much of a relationship with the concept of gratitude. It was actually only a little while ago that, that I really had a kind of a breakthrough experience with it. So I want to give you that story of how I learned about how vibrant and alive gratitude can be. And it's in kind of a funny way, it's centered around not a person, but a thing. So I have to tell you the, the odyssey of the 2006 Toyota Prius. So this is, this is me hugging goodbye my 2006 Toyota Prius, and that's my daughter riding on top. It was dead at that time. Its battery had died, and we were having to get rid of it. And I know that there's, there's a kind of a stigma about Prius owners, that the Priuses are they're, they're slow, and the people that drive them are annoying. I don't know. Uh, this is just what I've heard. But you got to understand what that car meant to me. And back when I got it, in 2006, it was brand new. The, the Prius, the hybrid car, was a brand new thing. And I was somebody who had always loved animals, and I loved nature, and I thought, okay, this is a way that I can start to like, push the human race in a direction where we're trying to pollute less and, and create a better future for nature. So to me, this was an incredibly cool thing to get to do. I had been in a friend of mine, he, he had one, and I was like, wow, this is like a spaceship. You don't need a key, you can just push a button. It was blue, it was my favorite color. And every time I would drive it around, I'd be at the post office, people would say, hey, do you have to plug that in? How do you use that? So I was like getting to be in the middle of this thing that I believed in, and I loved that. And then it went with me everywhere I went. I remember there was a guy who waved to me because he had one, and we were driving past each other, and I was like, oh, wow, we're in some kind of club. And then it became this part of my life. Um, this, I, I we took it to... Um, this is at Bombay Hook, which is a National Wildlife Refuge in Delaware. And I went there with my wife, but she wasn't my wife at the time. This is like in our dating phase, we would go around in this car. It's probably why she ended up saying yes to me, is because I had this sweet 2006 Toyota Prius. And we, um, we brought my daughter home from the hospital when she was born in this car. Uh, this next picture is, this is at the very beginning of New Church Live when I was in charge of the kids program here. You can see it in the background there, and that's me with my dad and one of my lifelong friends, and that's my little sister trying to, to kick the hacky sack, and she's big now, but the, it was always there for me and with me. And I'm very sentimental. You've got to understand, I'm very sentimental about things. So as I started to understand that it was going to die in a car sense, it started to build up that I started to get anxious about this moment of departure. And I knew it was gonna die because sometimes I'd be driving it around and a little alert would flash on that just said this, problem, problem, that's all it was. And I was like, well, that's not a good omen. One time I was pulling out of my driveway and I got just, was turning right onto the road that our house is on and everything on the dashboard lit up. It was like a Christmas tree. And I quickly turned it around, and it like, didn't have power steering, and I got it back up into the driveway, and that was the last time I ever drove it. So the battery was dead. The big hybrid battery was dead. It was an old car by then, 14 years old or so. And it was going to be more expensive to replace the battery than, than get a new car, and I was conflicted. You've got to understand, I'm very sentimental. I did not want to get rid of this car because it was a part of me, and I had so many memories in it. And, uh, you know, I have, like, things about loss. I don't like losing things. But I knew it had to go because every time we took a trip, it was getting more and more nerve-wracking. It was going to break down on the highway. So we decided to, we donated it to Make-A-Wish. And this picture here is when it was leaving our house. And the thing about that was when I'd pulled it back up in the driveway, its nose was facing our house. And because the battery was dead, the front wheels couldn't turn. So this tow truck 
it's not rolling out right here, it is dragging out. Like the wheels aren't turning, so it, it had to drag it across the street into a parking lot. So this was squealing, screaming as it was going, and it made these huge rubber marks down the road as it got pulled into this parking lot. And I watched the tow truck do that, and I was like, oh, I'm losing my friend. And the tow truck was finally turning it around and going to take it out of here. And I knew there was a part in the road where it bent, and once that car goes around there, I'll never see it again. And I had this flood of emotions, and I'm sentimental about things, and I was particularly sentimental about the last moment of anything. The, the, what's the very last moment going to hold? What am I going to be thinking the last time I ever see this, my, my companion? And I was feeling all these things at once as it started to go. I, I thought, what do I want to say to it? What do I want to say to it? Do I want to say, like, uh, I'm sorry that I, that I didn't keep you here? Um, am I going to say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that this happened? Uh, am I going to question my decision? What is it? And as it was going right around that last bend, like I never felt in my life, I think sometimes with objects we can be more just open with our emotions even than people. I just felt this welling up, and suddenly I knew exactly what I wanted to say. And it came out, I said it out loud <laughs> in front of some people. I said, thank you. Thank you. That was what I wanted to say. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you. And I know it's silly. It was just a car. But I started to realize there in that moment the depth of what gratitude is. And I think when we get into a state, um, like there's a, I got a picture of a, a woman here who's in gratitude, or what I see as it. That is the, it might be the happiest that you can feel when you're truly in this state where you, all you can do is say thank you. Like such good has come into your life that you want to respond by saying thank you. It's a life mission of mine to talk as much as I can about the 1993 Jim Henson movie, The Muppet Christmas Carol. So I have a little clip here from that, which I think illustrates you have Ebenezer Scrooge, who is rich. He already has all the money he can have, but since he had this turnaround and started to think about the kindness that you can do in life and the value, it's the first time that he receives something and he has, he has no way to react except with gratitude. So let's take a look at some, somebody being, uh, simulating, it's a movie, right? But being in that space of all I can do is say thank you. I just wish there was something we could give you. A gift? A gift for me? Thank you. Thank you. Fifty times. And a Merry Christmas. Here's your turkey, Mr. Scrooge. Follow me, lad. <laughs> Thank you for humoring. Thank you for humoring me with that. He can't, he's already got all the money in the world. He can't, there's nothing he can do except say thank you. And that's what you do when you're faced with something that is beyond your ability to repay. And I think that that is the state. If you look at life, I think that life if we actually see it as it is, if we understand who God really is and why our lives are the way we are, life itself is something we can feel that same thank you about. Not like, okay, I know I need to say thank you because you're God and what other choice do I have? But actually, wow, this is, I don't know what else to say, but thank you. So let's see if we can get there by exploring uh, in the next two parts of the service, uh, how do we know that God is good, and how do we know that God's mercy is forever? So first, we're going to have a song. Let's let open up our hearts to this idea of thank you and gratitude, and start to feel that as we embark on the next two parts. Morning. 
That's Natalie Merchant, yeah. that song? Okay, beautiful. And Natalie Merchant, when she was writing that song, no one told her she had, like, you have to write this song. She's feeling this, thank you. And when you get to that point where I, all I can do is sing about it, like you, you have done such good to me all those, all, through all these years of giving me love and everything else she was describing there. Thank you. That is the thank you that we're trying to get to with God, not the compulsory Thank you. Uh, in the, there's all kinds of praising and thanking God all over the Bible. For example, Psalm 106, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Let all the people say amen. Praise the Lord. Think of that in the same spirit as the song that you just heard. This is people saying, wow, there's, there's, we have been given this amazing gift of life and of, of the work God is actually doing for us. What are we going to do, everyone? God's got everything. Let's just say thank you. That is the heart of this gratitude. To get to that in life, there's two problems we have to solve that have to do with these two parts of the blessing that I shared in the beginning. And I've framed them this way. Number one, we have to be able to see that in life, God is the hero, not the bureaucracy. And number two, we have to overcome what I would call the surprise puppy problem. So for the first one, God is the hero, not the bureaucracy. What I mean is, if we're trying to find out, is God good? Because we say, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. Do we know that? 
Is God really good? Because we look around at life, and there's a lot of things in life that don't feel like they're good, or they're not pleasant, or you don't like observing them or experiencing them, and it can kind of seem like, sure, there's good things in life, but you're in charge of, you, you, you're in charge of all of life, so you're equally responsible for the bad stuff, so it's just like, you could have run things better, probably, the bureaucracy, the just, you know, how can I really feel thankful when I don't look out at life and see this masterpiece all the time? Sure, sometimes. It's because there's an appearance that things that are not good come from God, and that God at times doesn't act in good ways toward us when the reality is that God is nothing but love for us. And there's this awesome quote from New Church Theology where he's talking here about appearances in the Bible. That in, if you go and read the Bible, there are many times when it seems like, wow, there, there's a lot of things God does to people that it would be really hard to be thankful for. But actually, that's just the way it seems. It's not the way it is. And that's how it is in life as well. So this is from True Christianity 650. It says, In the Word it says many times that God is angry at people takes revenge, hates them, condemns them, punishes them, throws them into hell, and tests them. All of which actions actually come from evil and are therefore evil things to do. Meaning, that's not nice. It's not nice to take revenge on people. doesn't matter if you're God or not. You shouldn't do that. However, the literal meaning of the word was written in what are called apparent truths and correspondences. So it's symbolism. It's telling you a deeper story. It's telling you how it can seem sometimes. It can seem like God is angry at you or God is uncaring. But the genuine truths underneath all that are that the Lord is never angry, never takes revenge, never hates us, never condemns us, never punishes us, never throws us into hell, never tests us. He does evil to no one. That's not to say that we can't make a mess of things if we want. It's not to say that people can't do what is harmful to each other, that we can't choose to do that. But God is never doing that. That's not who God is. And, um, this is an indication that there's something more to the way that life is. And if you see it for what it is, we wouldn't have the same complaints that we have. And I want to bring in, this is a really cool story. Um, about how, who God is and how life actually runs. So I want to share on this next slide, um, What's become, I think, my favorite quote in New Church Theology, which is that, what is divine love? Who is God? Divine love is the intent that everyone should be most profoundly and fully happy. We are what we love. Deep down, Sure, you've got external characteristics. You have hair. I, I have less hair than I used to. You have a life that you're living, but who you are is what your overall intent is. What are you trying to do? What is it you're trying to bring about in the world? That's what really makes us who we are. So who God is, is the intent that everyone should be most fully most profoundly and fully happy. I guess it doesn't really matter which order you say it in. Let that, let that wash over you for a second. That's who God is. That is, if we're trying to align ourselves with God's intent, we're aligning ourselves with this idea that ultimately what we want is for everyone to absolutely be happy. And now I, want to, now I want to share this clip with you. Because so this is from somebody who had a near-death experience. And I love near-death experiences. For those of you who aren't familiar, this, these are people who usually they have some kind of 
physical accident. This woman was in her 20s. She was in a motorcycle, a really bad motorcycle accident. And she was had to you know, obviously go to the hospital and have all these treatments. And at one point, she got some kind of complications and, and went into cardiac arrest. And she had this experience. And you'll see here, she didn't think life was that great. She didn't think things were being run well, and it made it so she didn't think that there was really a God, let alone that God was good. But in this experience, she got to see that that intent is there, and if we could see life as it fully is, we would, we would be okay with it. So this is, this is a story from a woman. Her name is Beverly Brodsky, and this is a clip of her on YouTube talking from her experience. At some point, um, the angel was gone, and I arrived at the other end, and there before me was the living presence of the being of light. And uh, this being was all-knowing. It knew everything, everything that, that was going to happen and will happen, and the reasons behind them. And it was, there was a set, there was a perfect justice. And, and it also contained all things that ever were or, or, or will be. And it was loving me. It was just pouring out this unconditional love at me. And I thought, well, this isn't the guy on top on the top of the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> I, I had this, you know, image of you know, what God would be like, but I figured this has to be God because this is beyond words and perfect in every possible sense. And it just also didn't make sense to me because the world that I had left behind, um, we were at war in Vietnam and. Um, I, I was very angry about about the war and uh, about all the suffering that goes on uh, on this planet and um, and the Holocaust, which I had learned about and we were learning more um, at the point in 1970. Uh, we, we were learning how horrible uh, it had been. And so what happened was, in a sense, I, you know, this, the love kept coming to me, but like, you know, I just couldn't receive it at that time. And I asked, I got to ask all my big whys. I got to ask all of the things that I had ever wondered about. <clears throat> and those were the top three things that struck me that I had spent a lot of time thinking about. And in my justification for not believing in God. <laughs> and, and what happened is all of my thoughts just went out telepathically. And the answers, the perfect answers, came back. Um, it wasn't the way, like we talk, it was like the entire answer and all of its ramifications instantly came into my head. And so what happened is, after a while, I had, I ran out of questions because I got it. I got the whole picture, the, the perfect knowledge that is present uh, in the mind of God or everywhere, and I understood it. So what I love about that it's her, I can't know I wasn't there, I can't val validate her experience or what, but obviously she was moved by it, and what I like is that she got to get her questions resolved. We can't, you can't actually have real gratitude to God if you're feeling like, well, I'm not totally on board with some of the things that I think you're doing, but she got to see, even though she had these big questions and doubts about the goodness of God, got to talk it out and get to the point where, no, I, I really do, I really do believe that you're good. So not all of us can have an experience like that. I haven't had one myself. But I think we can take heart from, you know, things like New Church Theology, those experiences, to develop a bit of a trust that 
it actually is good, that there actually is a good answer for things, and ultimately we could say thank you for life in a way that feels genuine. So that's for he is good, and we'll get to the mercy being forever after we hear another song. Here's a song that Ethan Marcus and I all wrote together, actually. When I look at you, I see all the colors of the rainbow. All wrapped into one If only you could know All the promise that you hold Just by being you in this world There's so much to Doing your online shopping, go to smile.amazon.com to donate a portion of your purchase to New Church Live. Simply search for and select New Church Live as your organization of choice. Now, every time you shop on Amazon, New Church Live receives additional funding at no cost to you. Just make sure you're checking out at smile.amazon.com. You can also do this through the Amazon app. Click Gifting Registry Charity from the menu options, select Amazon Smile from the list, and follow the instructions to activate Amazon Smile on the app. We hope you'll consider supporting New Church Live this easy and cost-free way. And for everybody who has done that, thank you. Let's express a little gratitude to you here. This next section deals with what I call the surprise puppy problem, because we're trying to develop a genuine belief that God's mercy is forever. And we already defined mercy as being God's individual care to the distress that we're in, whatever kind of distress we're at in whatever part of our lives. It's essentially about, am, sure, I could be glad that I could say that life overall is good, like we saw Beverly seeing. Life, life overall is good. But is my life good? Am I really thankful to have my life in particular? Because it could be that I don't feel like there's some grand injustice in the world, but I could certainly pick out people that I wish I had what they had instead of 
what I have? Is it really, am I really, not just can I tolerate my life, okay, fine, I'll be Curtis, that's fine. But could I, would I actually say, I'm so glad that you gave me getting to be me, thank you. Can we get to that point? Because sometimes our lives can feel like what I call a surprise puppy. So this is a puppy. That's, that's in my house right now. This is a, was a surprise that we gave our daughter on her seventh birthday. And it's as small as you think it is there. And we like took, we didn't, she didn't know at all that we were going to get another dog. We just, it was just kind of a, almost a whim that we went on. We have a dog right now, but we felt like, okay, that dog's getting kind of old. It could use a companion. She could use one. And we saw this post. There was a, a family who had reserved this dog, but she was so small that they said, oh, we can't take her. Our other dog is too big. And so the, the people that had her posted on social media, does anyone want this dog? And we were like, yeah, we do want that dog. But there had been a bunch of comments and things on there. We thought, we'll never get that dog. We'll just try it. We sent a message and they said, no, you can, you can get her if you want. So we, we went and got it so that when my daughter was at her violin lesson that her grandma took her to, we snuck out and got this dog, brought it back, put it in a little box <laughs> because it's so small. And we're like, hey, we have an early birthday present for you. And she, we, she opened it up and she was like, is that real? So really cool surprise. She loves the puppy. We play with the puppy. Uh, she's, she's overjoyed. Every morning she wakes up early like, okay, let's let the puppy out. But one of the reasons why she can love that puppy so much and, and be such a net positive in her life is that she doesn't have to take care of it. We have to take care of it. I got, I got big scratches on both my hands from that cute little puppy. Just, she just bites everything. <laughs> she, this morning I cleaned up some poop in the house from her. We're, we're having to keep, our old dog is kind of like, what are you doing in here? So we have to always be watching them. It's a lot of work. So if I just went up to you on your birthday as an adult and said, hey, I got you a present and you opened it up and it was a puppy. Well, it's a mixed bag. It would, I, how do I know you want a puppy? How do I know that that's, you want to take on the good and the bad about it? Is that sometimes how our lives feel? Sure, there's fun things about it. I have experienced some joy, but also there's a lot of hard things that I've had to go through, and there's the responsibilities that I'm in, whatever health issues I may have, relationship issues. And how do I really know that? And I didn't ask for it. I just got born out of nowhere. It just started my life. How can I really get to where I say, would want to say thank you and not like, whoa, I, I'm not, I didn't really ask for a puppy. So I want to give us three short meditations from the Bible on God's intimate and careful care for the trajectory of our lives, and that it's not, we are not being overlooked, and we are not forgotten, and it's not just, a f it's, it is a feature, not a bug, that we are who we are. You know, they say that when there's software, it does something on purpose and rather than it being something that needs to be fixed. Us being who we are is not just because God wanted to make a ton of people and some of us got a raw deal. There's a very specific loving plan for us individually. So the first quote is from Isaiah 45. And as we read these, just think about you and God saying this directly to you about your life. Shall the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? Or shall your handiwork say he has no hands? God is in a couple places in the Bible called a potter, and we are called the clay. And you could at first blush see this as something that's a little bit dismissive. Like, hey, you think I don't know what I'm doing? But knowing as we know now that God is the intent that everyone be most fully and profoundly happy, and that God is overflowing with love for you 
in particular and is never going to stop thinking about you, those words can take on a different meaning. It's saying, look, do you think I would go into this without knowing what I'm doing? Do you think that I'm not, do you think I just sat down at the wheel here, the potter's wheel, without a plan? You think I've never done this before? I I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And, And not in I'm defending my ego, but in I got you. I got your back in this. The next one, one of the most well-known sayings of Jesus when we're worried about, is anyone, is anyone there? Does anyone care about this, what I'm going through? Something just happened in my life? Are you there? This is from Luke 12. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. How many hairs do you have? Just quick, right now. Or, or what's the ballpark? You can be off by a thousand, that's fine. How many hairs do you have? Just yell it out. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. God does. There, there, you can take that literally. Obviously, there's a deeper meaning in that. He's not just saying, don't worry, I'm keeping track of all of your hair follicles. Obviously, there's a deeper meaning. But just literally, we don't know ourselves nearly as well as God knows us. There are, th- think of how many things in your life you've forgotten that have happened. There is so much more attentiveness to every part of who and what we are and what we will become that God is unceasingly aware of. We are, we are not ignored and we're not forgotten. Okay, one more. Maybe the best quote of all time from Jeremiah 21. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I do think you can't see the full picture unless you realize that there's more to it. There is something coming that God has a trajectory that we're on. You can't look at just how life has been up to this point and judge, is this something that I want to be thankful for or not? Because think about, um, have you ever read, have you ever read Harry Potter? There's a very famous book called Harry Potter. And you could start the first chapter of that book and say, this guy has a terrible life. He lives under the stairs in the house of some people that don't love him and don't want him. It's terrible. (laughs) I guess that only is a good joke if you've read Harry Potter. Because he goes on from there to just have this incredible life and find incredibly meaningful connections and relationships and find love and everything and the part under the stairs in the beginning when he's like just in the margins of the misery of life, that adds to it. It plays a role, but you can't see that beginning part without where it's going. You're a Harry Potter. You are. All of you are. You, or whatever. Take, take your favorite story. What would it be? Like uh, you know, Luke Skywalker sitting around and on that desert planet. Like, I, I have nothing to do. Good things are coming. There is a plan. God is moving us toward that. If we can, by seeing it happen and by trusting that it is happening, develop some of this this gratitude or be looking for gratitude or be praying for gratitude, God can start to come into us with the reality of how things are. Give us just hints of how life is good. Open our eyes to how life is good and how our individual life is both is and is going to be. Okay. The divine intent is that everyone be most fully and profoundly happy. And I believe that you can't experience that deepest, fullest happiness without being grateful. That that gratitude is part of the plan to make us happy. So it's worth cultivating in life and it's worth praying for and reaching out for. And it's not going to be, when we get there, it's not going to be gratitude like, okay, I'm supposed to say thank you 
so I'm going to say thank you. It is going to be like, like I was with my 2006 Toyota Prius, welling up from the inside. All I can just say is thank you. It's like, like Ebenezer Scrooge said in that clip, this is for me. Thank you. Believe it or not, that's where we're going to get to, is that deep, deep gratitude for everything that we are and everything that is. So let's take that with us as we go into this season of Thanksgiving. Yeah. I want to take a minute to let that sentiment sit in, sink in. I'm going to say the Lord's Prayer. You're welcome to say it with me or keep the silent prayers of your hearts. And as we say it, just think about the threads of gratitude that are in it. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I'm grateful to all of you for spending this morning here with me, wherever you're watching from. And I hope that more and more you come into the joy that gratitude can bring. Turn away, you're right there. 
Thank you.